a lifestyle. Sports cards and we live now. Jeremy Lee in the building and every guest that you ever needed. Sports cards after hours keep the hobby heated. Updates hobby talk like you never seen it. Sports cards live and none could ever beat it. Sports cards is a lifestyle. Sports cards and we live now. Welcome to another episode of Sports Cards Live with your host, Jeremy Lee. All right, welcome everybody. Episode 186 of Sports Cards Live. It's Saturday night, June the 3rd, 2023. My name is Jeremy Lee. I would like to thank Al G for joining us last week on the show. Great episode. Check it out on the YouTube channel tomorrow night, 9.30 Eastern. We will be covering the hockey cards auctions ending on PWCC's platform with none other than Josh Madigan of the Hockey Cards Gong Show. And then Tuesday, this coming Tuesday, episode four of Taking Stock with Dennis Zender. We will be taking stock of the issues surrounding shill bidding. Thanks everybody who's tuned in to the first three episodes. They are going quite well. Really enjoying those. Thanks everybody who has been joining ask you to join over 300,000 people who've already downloaded the Center Stage app across both iOS and Google Play Store for quick comps and card management features. These guys are always adding new features, so follow them on Instagram, check out what's going on, and let's support these guys and gals at Center Stage app as they are innovating in our hobby and moving things forward. Also, use protection, everybody. Use protection, practice safe swaps, Veriswap is an app in middleman service. It lets you securely trade cards through the mail. Every transaction up to a million dollars is fully insured by their guarantee. And to use Veriswap, you upload your inventory. You can make trade, partial trade, cash trade offers, negotiate with the thousands of people already on Veriswap. Check them out on iOS and Android. And there is a, a, a link in the description below to give you your first deal on Veriswap for only $1. Also, guys, check out HobbyNewsDaily.com. I shouted out at the beginning of every episode. Great group of content creators that are collaborating to bring you some high-quality hobby content every day. HobbyNewsDaily.com. They have a YouTube channel, an Instagram account, a Twitter account, all the usual suspects. As always, you guys, thank you for everyone who continues to watch and support Sports Cards Live. I greatly appreciate it. If you are not yet subscribed, please take a moment and do so. And for tonight's episode... It's just me, guys. It is just me. We were supposed to have Jimmy Mahan from Kentucky Roadshow and the Roadshow chain of LCSs, but he had to reschedule uh, pretty much last minute, but that's okay. We're going to get him on eventually. And so here we are just doing me and you all tonight. So questions, comments, I have a few things to talk about, but nothing, uh, nothing really set in stone. So Jimmy will be back on with us soon. And uh, with that, let's go to your comments. And we're going to start with Andrew Marks. Light the fire. Here we go. Andrew Marks, good to see you. Tip of the mitt. What's going on? Thank you for being here. Andrew Marks says a 10 is just a really good nine and shouldn't be any higher than three times the value of a nine with a few exceptions. So we're jumping right in. I assume you're talking about PSA, BGS sorts of grades. And should a 10, it comes down to population though, and it comes down to status. These are, stat, a lot of these PSA 10s are status symbols for people. And people will pay for a status symbol. A Rolex tells the time just as well as an Apple watch, but people will pay, you know, 
10 times the amount for a Rolex than they will for an Apple Watch. So it comes down to status and, and status is based on scarcity and rarity or or it's attached to it at least. And I think that's got a big a big thing to do with it, Andrew. And I, I agree the differences in the cards aren't that much, but but there is that that 10 brings status and people like status symbols always have, likely always will. Andrew's calling Denver in five or six. What about four? What about Denver in four? Or is it too late? What happened today? I'm going to check. I know I just checked on the Florida-Vegas hockey game, and Florida was up two to one. That's still the case, and there's no basketball today, is there? So that'll uh, resume. Looks like tomorrow will be game two. What about a sweep? Is a sweep possible in the NBA Finals? What's going on, Mark Santucci? Fan123 says... PSA 10 or bus. So he's, he's great. Fan one, two, three is under the spell, under the spell. That's okay. Many, many, Hey, we all have been under that spell. Vintage card collector. What's going on? Paul Lack. Happy Saturday. Start of the finals NBA. And yeah, lots, lots of, this is a good time of year, right? It's good. To, baseball is happening. Football's sort of, I guess, it, you know, coming up in September. Mr. LAGN, have you picked up any Victor card? Wembenyana? No, I have not. Do I plan to? I don't really plan to. Uh, not yet anyway. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens with Victor Wembenyama. I'm not really a prospect guy, but I'd like to see him play. I'd like to see him play before I were to, were to uh, really buy any of his cards. I don't really have a personal reason to collect him right now. It would simply be for prospecting or value. And um, so I'll wait and see how he does. Todd, what is going on? Glad you're here. Nice chatting with you offline. Vintage card collector, are there specific players you're targeting at the National? That's a fun question, Vintage. I guess if I were to say there's one card that's super high on my want list right now, and yeah, I'm going to maybe try and find one of the National. It's a 1933 uh, Gaudi Lou Gehrig. Uh, the blue background, the batting stance. I just, I love that card. I Every time I look at it, I melt. There's been a lot of them shown. It was Lou Gehrig Day yesterday, so a lot of people were showing a lot of Lou Gehrig cards. And they would follow it up with a 34, you know, the, the yellow background from that Lou Gehrig-themed set. And it's a beautiful picture of him, but I still favor the 33, the batting stance. I really like that one. So that's my that'll probably be my number one target at the National. Other than that, it's going to be whatever catches my eye. That's just kind of where I'm at. Good evening, CC. Good to see you. Mike Petty in the house. What's going on, Mike? You're picking up Benny Agbayani, rookie cards, and Manute Bulbul, and Zions, and Balbros. <laughs> good for you, but I don't even know who that first guy is, but good for you on the rest. Uh, Facebook user asks, what would I rather have a PS? I'd rather have a Tag 10 all day long. I I'm obviously Tag biased. I mean, I love what Tag is doing, everything about it. I love it so much that I retired from my career, joined the company, and invested my hard-earned money into the company. So that's an easy answer for me. Ooh, ladies, man, 2-2. Two, two. Does that mean that uh, Florida just scored or scored in the last few minutes? Yes, they did. Who scored for Florida? Duclair. Yeah, that Duclair Barkov, uh, who's the third guy in that line, I can't think right now, is a great line. Michael Stone, good to see you. What's going on? Mark Hoyle, nice to see you as well. 2-2 two, two after 2 in the in the Florida-Vegas game. Studio Sports, yeah, freestyle kind of night. I, you know, it's been, it's been a long time since I've done one of these episodes, so... I'm excited. It was a low-pressure low day for me leading up to, to this, guys. What's up, Rich? Good to see you. Yes, that's the card. That is going to be my, my number one uh, target at the National. I don't know. It'll. I want to pick up a graded one. I'll pick up a graded card either in a PSA or an SGC holder. I think those are really the only, only options for 33 Gaudis. 
And at that point, I don't, I don't know. We'll have to see how much they are. I don't know what grade point. I'll be looking in that like two to four range. Cause I'm, you know, I'm not going to buy a five. I don't think I'd like to find a really strong two or three is probably where I'll be at. Steve Elmore, what is going on? Good to see you. And Mark Santucci, you mentioned when we play Winnipeg and when Toronto plays, there are more fans. I was talking about back in the back in the 80s, Mark. I don't know what's going on. I haven't been to a, a Winnipeg Jets game in Winnipeg since their inaugural game in 2011. I went I went back to Winnipeg to go to that that first game, but I haven't been back since. So uh, when Boston or Buffalo, yeah, I couldn't say I couldn't speak to that. Certainly not Boston or Buffalo, though. Uh, they wouldn't hardly have. There'd be a few Boston fans, very few Buffalo fans in Winnipeg, maybe like a dozen, if that. I would I would guess. But again, I haven't been to a game there since 2011, so I'm not qualified to speak on that anymore. Studio Sports Memorial Cup has been great so far. Too. Yeah, I haven't watched any of the Memorial Cup, but I'm sure there's that's some good hockey as well. Oh, thanks, Steve Elmore. Appreciate that. Hit that like button. Much appreciated, Steve Elmore. So I did come in, and that's the end of the comment. Oh, we, we got Mike Arachi. I, I hope I... Am I saying your name right, right Michael? Mike Arachi. We'll go with that. Let me know if it's right or wrong, because I'd love to say it right if I can. So no more comments right now. I did come prepared, guys, with a couple of topics, but nothing nothing crazy, nothing too controversial. I'll give you a, a bit of a preview of what uh, Dennis Zender and I are going to be talking about on Tuesday on Taking Stock. Uh, Joe, good to see you, Joe. We'll do that, but uh, I want to let everybody know who watches this channel and uh, follows my content on Sports Cards Live and the various other you know content partnerships that I have that uh, I just just uh, came to an agreement with Mike Kantz. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Mike Kantz, MC Sports Cards, really well respected collector, hobbyist, uh, dealer. He's got a at the National. His table is always. Basically, it's got to be a top five booth that Mike has at the National. Uh, and by top five, what I'm talking about is he has he has cards that are, you know, from the beginning of time, like probably from the 1800s all the way, all the way up until ultra modern and a ton of like he's probably got a dozen showcases stacked with with great stuff. And um, and from everyone I've ever talked to, he's a very well-respected guy. I had him on an episode of Collectible Live back when I was doing the, the live show for Collectible, the fractional company who seems to no longer be around. Um, he was on an episode of that with me. So him and I have a relationship. He might have even come on twice with me. Anyway, we're, uh, we're, I'm going to be doing some live auction coverage for him now. I'm excited about it. His auctions are on eBay. We're gonna be do, he's going to be doing them every second Monday. We're going to be going live starting June the 12th. So... Should be fun. Uh, it's going to be all sports. Cards are that he has pegged valued at about $1,000 plus is what I saw him post on Instagram today. So I'm excited to be doing MC Sports Live on Sports Cards Live every second Monday coming up. I just wanted to let you guys all know about that because I'm excited for that. Michael Stone says, who is winning the cup? You're leaning towards Vegas. I'm leaning towards Florida. I think, I think uh, just like my friends at the Hockey Cards Gong Show have been saying, Florida is the team of destiny right now. I believe that, but they're gonna be up up with a, a up for a good challenge, a strong challenge with the Vegas Golden Knights. I mean, that team, no quitters on that team. So we'll see. I think either way, it's gonna be pretty fun. I've got you know, I've got friends cheering on for the Vegas Knights too. So I'll be cheer, I'll be hoping for them. But uh, but for me, I would like to see Florida win, uh, partially because I'm just mad at my Calgary Flames and we let you know we we. 
we traded away Matthew Kachuk to Florida for Jonathan Huberto and, and Mackenzie Weger. And it's not like we had a choice. He was leaving the team. So I think uh, our GM at the time, Brad Treliving, who's now with the Toronto Maple Leafs, did the best he could. We got we got like the second leading scorer in the league or third, third whatever. Uh, Huberto was a top five scorer last year, the you know, in, in the 21-22 season. And we got him and uh, he underperformed. That was a coaching issue. But um, I would love to, I would just like to see, I'd like to see Matthew Kachuk stick it to the Calgary Flames because of the poor management from the ownership really at the ownership level making us have daryl sutter as coach and nobody liked playing for him so i'm i'm hoping for florida but i'll be happy either way joe is watching a hockey match we call them hockey games we call them hockey games but i love to hear that i'm not i'm not even watching it, but i need you guys to keep me posted it's the end of se- it's the second intermission right now chad h i feel cheated with no intro song I played the intro song. You just missed it, Chad. You'll have to rewind. I played it, I promise. Aaron is here. What's going on, Aaron? Check out Lapper, Hockey Card Flips YouTube channel, everybody. Aaron's a good guy in the hobby. Lions Collectibles. What's going on? Dave Snyder. Question from last week. Will we ever see a $3 pack of cards? I think so. I'm going to say we will see a $3 pack of cards. I I think Fanatics will try to capture some of the younger people, maybe some of the people who... That's what they can afford. Let's get some of let's let's get like an inclusive for everybody. So I think we will. I do. Stukes, good to see you. What's going on? Kendall says, as a fellow Canadian, I try to tough it. I, I find it tough to buy sell cross border with the US without burning tons of money on fees, vaults. What's my approach? So good question. Today I bought a few cards today. It was funny. I wasn't expecting to, but you know, you're scrolling your save searches and a couple things came up. So I and I'm talking about on eBay. So, you know, if you're buying from PWCC, you can put them in the vault and have them ship them to you. You're going to pay, you're going to pay the, you're going to pay the GST coming over the border. That's a tax. It's not a, you're not going to pay duties. You're going to pay handling and GST, which is a value added tax in Canada. But what I do for eBay is I have a, I have a, my Canadian address and I also have a, I just added a ship my cards address as well. So I'm having stuff sent to ship my cards and eventually I will just bundle it up and have it shipped up here. So that's what I'm doing, Kendolf. But um, sticking to Canada, I mean, gosh, that just limits you on what's available. Tip of the mitt. You love my take on the hobby. Seems like most of what I discuss is basically my same train of thought. That's cool to hear, tip of the mitt. I mean, listen, I, I certainly don't resonate with everybody, but uh, I obviously resonate with, with some people because I'm sure everybody has people that sort of uh, have the same takes or similar at least. So glad to hear it. Alan S. What do you think Gretzky's last game jersey up for auction will go for? Yeah, I saw that. I saw. I think I got an email stated that that was up uh, today. I'll get. I have no clue. Like, trust me, Alan. I have no clue. I do not follow the memorabilia market very closely at all. My only piece of game worn. I have two pieces of game worn memorabilia. They're both behind me. Those are those are Timu Solani game used gloves from when he played for the Winnipeg Jets. And that's a Teppo Newman game worn jersey right there. Notice my jerseys are now are now hanging in frames there, guys. How do I do this? Right? Everything's backwards. I got jerseys now hanging in frames. Those frames were uh, are from Pather Plastics. Uh, Neville Pather, who's been setting up the expo, um, provided me with some some uh, beautiful. Uh, I don't want to call them frames. They're more just cabinets. They were really easy to put together. Lapper says every second Monday, best day to buy, worst day to sell. Well, we're going to, you know, listen, I'm going to try to change that because I'm going to be covering uh, those auctions live and we're going to kind of make a party out of it. So I'm certainly excited to uh, 
to to work with MC and just watch some amazing cards sell. Mark said, you think Florida because of Bob Rovsky? Yeah, I, I think Bob Rovsky is a man on a mission. But like Stukes here says, they've had a long break. And that's a very true comment, a really long break. So who's going to come out with their wheels working? And I haven't seen any of the game tonight, so I can't speak to what's going on today. But looks like a 2-2 game. So actually, I have no idea what's going on in the game tonight. Maybe someone can let me know. Jeff McMahon, you're exactly right. Matthew Kachuk wanted out of Calgary, put us in a tough spot. I think True Living did as good as he could. I saw so many posts by Toronto Maple Leafs fans saying how True Living was a was a downgrade from Dubas. Like you guys have no idea what you're getting in True Living. He's he's an amazing general manager. Like he sniffs out the the trades, the deals. He can save bad situations. Leaf fans should be very excited and very. I think they're going to be pleasantly surprised. If they think all they're doing is judging him on the Kachuk trade, but as Jeff McMahon says and is correct, he, he we were forced to trade him. So True Living, uh, I'm sad. I, actually, I'm upset he's he left. Uh, Craig Conroy, his assistant, was promoted to general manager, and um, he seems like he could be a bit of a pushover. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes with him. Michael Stone, the Cup Finals will definitely be better than the NBA Finals. Well, I mean, listen, hockey is just a more exciting game so i can't i know i'm gonna probably rustle up ruffle up some feathers there but uh those are just my thoughts mookie chilson wants an update on what tag is up to how is it doing wonder if it's making any inroads it's a human grading draw i don't know what a human grading drama mushroom is mookie but uh yeah everything is going according to plan at, at tag grading right now uh we're doing a, a grading drop i think it's the sixth grading drop is tuesday i believe this one's later in the afternoon uh, so that's going to be on Tuesday. Tag will be set up at the National doing live on-site grading. So you will be able to see Tag's grading operation with your own eyes. Because there's, unlike all the other grading companies where everything is done behind the curtain or in a, in, a, in a room where you can't see how much time they spend on your cards or what they're actually doing, how they're handling, it's all a big secret with human grading. But with Tag... Um, yeah, it's going to be behind like clear walls and you're going to be able to, to kind of, you know, you don't even need to do this. You'll just be able to sit there and look through and watch uh, what's going on. You're not, I don't think you're going to be able to like, well, actually, I don't know exactly what, what you, you're you not going to be over the guy's shoulders, you know, but you're going to be able to see the operation in action, which I think is pretty darn cool and transparent. So um, th the other thing I can say, and this is something that, you know, uh, I think I can say this publicly. I've said it already publicly, so I hope I can continue to, and, and my colleagues at TAG aren't going to get upset with me. But by the end of 2023, our intention is to be grading sports cards back to 1989, basically coinciding with the with the introduction of Upper Deck into our hobby. So that's pretty cool, because right now we're only doing 2000 forward. So by the end of this year, the, the intention is to get back to 1989. And I say intention because I... Everyone has to understand that does follow my my involvement with TAG. I don't work out of the TAG offices. I, I'm here in my home, you know, uh, three-hour plane ride away. So I'm not involved in the day-to-day -day operations. And um, so I can't, uh, I don't always have all the information, but I try to keep uh, as informed as I can in our, in our regular communications. Uh, Jeff McMahon, we did that. Vintage card, thoughts on fractional? Seems the entire space is imploding. It sure does, doesn't it? I think big problem is they bought at the peak and IPO prices were too high. Well, a couple things there. A uh, couple things there. First of all, they bought. So my understanding with Collectible, I looked at I looked at all their underlying 
like offering documents filed at the SEC. When I first decided to work with them, I did some due diligence and I wanted to see what I was, who, what was I getting involved with? You know, what, what I want to align brands. And, you know, I still stand by the fact that I worked with Collectible for almost two years and I was a fan of Fractional. I still am. I mean, I, I worked in Fractional land for six years. I worked for the biggest land banker in the world uh, from 2006 until 2011 or 2005 to 2011. And so I'm, I'm well versed in the land of Fractional. And uh, I did it as the as a, a vice president of taxation, working in the finance department for an international company. I used to I used to go to Singapore, Hong Kong, uh, Malaysia, uh, Europe, uh, the United States, across Canada. And I used to train our our worldwide salespeople on the tax implications of of owning international land, and it gave me an in depth knowledge of how fractional ownership of assets works. So because of that, I was sort of predisposed to. Uh, understanding what collectible was doing and rally um, and dips or I always forget dip dibs and dibs and uh, there was another one called um, Otis Otis so I knew what these what these companies were doing and I thought it made a lot of sense uh, I, I think what happened my thoughts on it though vintage is that I think it's just too early I think it's just too early there was and obviously what happened was they came into the business as the market in sports cards was on the rise. We all know that. And then it went on the decline. So that that wasn't good for anybody. And um, I, I could say who could have predicted that? Lots of people predicted that the market was going to come down. Um, I always said my prediction, if you go back over my content, you'll you'll find that what I was always saying was, you know, nothing goes up forever. But I do believe that the floor is higher than it was before the uh, pandemic. And it still is today, but we're getting close. So maybe I'll be proven wrong. We'll go down to pre-pandemic levels, like on a, just a, as an average, maybe we'll go low. I mean, who knows? Anything's really possible. Uh, but for now, I think we're, I, I, where we are now is still above where we were pre-pandemic, I believe. And, you know, with fanatics getting closer and closer to coming in and doing what they're going to need to do to protect their valuations and uh and the the their deals with the leagues and the pas um i think they're going to do everything they can to really market this this hobby this business this industry i've seen some some narrative recently on calling it a, a hobby it's not a hobby or it is a hobby but i always say it's a hobby within an industry and if and, and the hobby is a business there's no no way around that it's a it's a billion dollar business or multi-billion dollar business but the hobby resides sort of within that. And you can decide for yourself if you want to just be a collector, be a collector. Let everyone else invest if they want. If you want to be an investor, be an investor. We'll see how that works out for you. So the other thing in this common vintage, is you say, I think they bought at the peak. So my understanding based on reviewing the, the SEC filings for all of the IPOs that happened up till the time when I started working with Collectible was that they didn't know they didn't buy these assets. I think maybe some of the other fractionals did some buying. But collectible was, they were consignment items. Now, some of them may, let's say they had 100 assets on their platform. And again, I'm not, these numbers are not for real. I'm just kind of going with my bait, my general gut and memory was that maybe 5% were actually owned by the fractional company. The rest were consigned. So, and then the consigner could decide, do you want to sell 100% of the ownership of the asset or the card or the memorabilia or a lower percentage? I think they sold as low as 6% when they did that uh, Babe Ruth, that Babe Ruth card a couple of years ago. That caused a big, a big uh, kind of public relations mess for them because they had set, they had kind of uh, promoted 
it as biggest sale in sports card history at 6 million, even though they only sold like whatever the like 6% or 1% of it for $60,000. I forget those numbers, but, um, but, uh, that's how that worked. So I think, I think, I think the fraction was too early. Liquidity, I think just kind of dissipated for them and they had to, uh, and the values came down. Um, so that's going on with collectible anymore. Um, I haven't talked there, uh, who's still there for six weeks, probably. What is up, Alex? Buddy, JNR, have you ever had to drop a load? <laughs> you made me, you made me read that. Uh, no, JNR, I've never had to do that. Dave Snyder says, are we in the middle of a junk wax era or is it just a couple of releases that are overproduced? I like the question, Dave. I, I Listen, I don't think we are in the middle of a junk wax era because let me, let me just phrase this properly. The junk wax era was its own thing. We are in an era right now. We are no doubt we are in an era. I just don't know what, what it is exactly. Is it overproduction? Is it the parallel era? Is it the, the junk slab era? Is it the junk logo man era? I'm seeing, I'm seeing narrative on right now. We're in an era, but uh, it's so much easier. Like when you're in the junk wax era, you don't know you're in the junk wax era. It takes like 10 years until you're out of an era to go back and look at it and say, oh, that's what that was. So we'll see, we'll see. Alex says, I definitely recommend ship my cards. The fees recently went up, which sucks a bit, but you definitely save a ton using them. Well, saving a ton is very good. So I like that. Facebook user Gretzky wore like 30. Oh, I didn't even tell you what I thought, what I thought that would sell for. I forgot about that. I was going to say like a quarter million dollars, but I, I really have no idea. It could go for a lot more, but if he wore 30 games, 30 jerseys in that last game, um, then yeah, I have no idea what that will sell for. Kendolf uses ship my cards. They have options to ship out domestically. If you choose to sell stateside, I use Com Gateway based in Oregon to mail forward decent fee structure. Good to hear. Aaron will be there on Mondays. Good to know. Good to know. Always happy to have you, Aaron. Uh, Michael Stone wants a further update on tag. When will regular submissions going to be available? Uh, yeah, see, I'm not exactly sure. I I think, you know, just open. I think tag opening up to like submissions anytime, whenever you want is coming. I'm not sure when, I don't know if that's going to be um, in the next couple of months. I thought it would be within, I thought, I originally thought that it would be by like August, but I just, I just don't know. I just can't speak to that right now. <clears throat> Iconic baseball. Thanks for always bringing the hobby energy. Any goals for the national? Well, Iconic, as I said, I'll be looking for, I'll be looking for uh a Lou Gehrig card. And other than that, I will be there uh, at the tag booth. I'm going to be going there sort of as uh, at representing tag grading. I will be at the tag grading booth. I'm planning to be there like, you know, about 75% of the time. because I will need to make sure that I'm, uh, that I'm checking out the show floor. JNR wants to know, do you ever shine your head? No, I don't JNR. One more fancy comment and you will be blocked. Fan one, two, three, barely anyone in America watching hockey. Let's be honest. We all here watching Hockey to flip McDavid's and Gretzky's. Uh, no, not not so true, fan. You're a fan. I think you have blinders on, buddy. I think you have blinders on, but um, I'm not surprised based on the quality of your comments. Jake Dahl, what's going on? CC, any chance Tag will do on-site grading at the November? I'd say there's a chance for that, CC. I would say there is a chance, but I can't guarantee. I just can't guarantee. 
My buddy Sean is in the house. Haven't seen you for a while, buddy. Sean is one of the guys who I talked to when I started Sports Cards Live. Actually, one of the people who I bounced around the idea with. So, Sean, always, always good to see you, my friend. Uh, when you bought that, I bought a Kiprasoft one of one today on eBay that I think I got it before anyone else could. So, pretty happy with that. Fact sakes, do any idea when Tag will start grading thick cards? I don't know. I'm going to. I'm hoping by end of year, but I don't know for sure. What's up, Jim Hansen? Good to see you. I appreciate those comments very much. Anyone ever tell you you look like Mr. One? No, I've never heard that. I've never heard that. I've heard uh, Warren Spawn, and I've heard that actor, Corey Stoll. That's, uh, that's why I get told. That. And when I was younger, I used to hear Jason Bateman back in my, back in my hair days. MD, thanks for, yeah, thank you for being here uh, as well, Sports MD. Michael Stone, you're having issues finding the center stage app in Google Play. Uh, maybe only for iPhones right now, Michael. Maybe only for iPhones. Uh, you'd have, maybe send them a message on Instagram to be sure. Latrell says, are there times when you sell cards from your PC? Yes, there are. There are, Latrell. If so, when do you decide to do it or are most cards never going? Yeah, so it's a great question. I consider my PC to be somewhat fluid but like if you've probably heard me before heard me say before my plan is to like build it up and then tear it down when i'm 75 years old if you know if i can if i can get that that far and everything works out but along the way i will basically what i do is before i go to any expo which is twice a year i kind of go through my collection and i look for cards that just don't make me as happy anymore and i put them in my inventory box and i would say that I basically have 3,000 cards in my collection, my personal collection. And maybe twice a year, I take out anywhere from like five to like 50 that I'm like, okay, 50 would be where I'm like, okay, I'm going to take my Dale Howarchuk collection. It's 300 cards. And I'm going to like, I'm going to really shave this thing down. I'm going to, I'm going to reduce it by 20% or something. And, and I just did that. So, you know, that's when I would remove more, but yeah, listen, I, I feel like a PC is something that can be fluid. I think we should allow ourselves to fall out of love with our cards. I think we should allow ourselves to um, sell cards for a couple of reasons. One, to generate funds to buy more cards. And also, it depends on how you store your cards. But for me, it's to make room because uh, I don't have infinite space to hold my cards. So, And if you keep your cards in one touches, you use up a lot of space. And they're very heavy, which I don't. I use top loaders uh, to, to store my, my PC and my, and my like, card show cards as well. But um, that's, I hope that answers your question, uh, Latrell. What's up, Baz? Good to see you. CC, no, CC, those gloves right there, those are Timu Solani uh, game-worn gloves from Winnipeg, his Winnipeg Jets days, and they are well used. Like the, the leather in the palm is worn all the way through. They're, they're super cool. When I was younger, my favorite card shops in Winnipeg were Abdi cards, uh, Joe Daly sports cards, and superstars. Uh, superstars on Portage Avenue. Uh, Joe Daly in St. James and Abdi used to be in the back of Book Fair, uh, downtown Winnipeg. We are in a Dumba era. We are in a Dumba era. PSA 10, one of one era. <laughs> I, I think I follow you, Mike Petty. Andrew Marks, Junk Panini Parallel era. Refractor era. Uh, no, the refract. we're not in a refractor era. We might be in a shiny era, but refractors were... Ref like, ref refractors don't even really... Well, maybe for just for baseball, I suppose. 
Baz says we are in a junk wax slab era and modern junk wax era. That's a lot of it's a lot of words for one era. Oscar Dad, we are in the junk slab era. PSA grading over one million cards a month consistently. I agree with that. I I think that we are in a bit of a junk slab era, and a lot of that have, have had to do with you know early pandemic. A lot of people just grading cards that weren't really worthy of grading. Not not to and when I say weren't worthy of grading, if you're a collector who wants your whole base set graded, that's worthy. That's up to you. But if you're uh, if you're a, a hobbyist who was just getting cheaper cards graded to be able to sell them at card shows or online, then yeah, you're contributing to the junk slab era. I would say. Uh, Marco, welcome. Good to see you as always, and thank you very much. Mike Petty says, Prism Downtown Stained Glass Cracked Aqua. <laughs> yeah, we're in that era for sure. Dave Snyder, this will sound bad. I'm not sure where you're located. Are you? Yes, I am in Calgary, Alberta, Dave Snyder. I live in Calgary. Just for anyone who doesn't know where that is, if you're like in the U.S. and you don't know Canadian geography, I am about uh, just a couple hours north of Montana. Marco says, can't wait for our expo here in November. Good times. I'm planning on visiting and support. Okay, yeah, I can't wait for, I always can't wait for the expo in Toronto. Michael Stone, how do you find out when tag drops happen? Uh, social media. Also, if you go to taggrading.com, you can put your email in to get on the email list and then you will find out uh, as soon as they're really planned, you'll get the email that there is a tag grading drop happening. So uh, go to taggrading.com and just uh, register for the email or the mail list, I guess. Rob Bennett, good evening. Good to see you. Thank, Welcome to the show. Uh, Michael Arachi, are you going to crack and resubmit any of your slabs? I'm going to assume, Michael, that you mean am I going to crack like PSA and Beckett slabs and then submit them to tag? The answer is yes, 100%. I'm going to do that for um, lots, most of, my, most of my cards for sure. Uh, I just, I mean, right now I have two display cases on my wall and uh, one is only tag slabs and one are the other slabs and the tag display case just looks so much better. Uh, it's not even close in my, in my opinion. No, no shows coming up for me except the National Cards AH. Jake Dahl, you have a question. You're a big fan and collector of Be A Player and In The Game Ultimate and was wondering, I have seen a ton of cards I like for under $100. Is it better to buy the card, not the slab? Well, for Be A Player and In The Game Ultimate, In The Game Ultimate came slabbed out of the pack. The one card I bought a card I bought one of their car, a slab cards today on, on eBay a, a Mika Kiprasov one of one ultimate emblem card I managed to pick up today, uh, and yeah I think it's best to keep those in those slabs. Facebook user, do people even trade cards anymore? Having a hard time finding reliable traders. Yeah, tons of trading still going on. Uh, Facebook user, T- tons of tons of traders still go on. I mean, just because you're not finding them, you got to you got to understand that the hobby's pretty darn big. It's a lot bigger than Facebook. It's a lot bigger than Twitter. It's a lot bigger than YouTube, bigger than Instagram, bigger than your local card shows or card shops. The hobby is, is, is a, it's a large, we have a pretty broad ecosystem and you better believe there are people still trading. J and R, what, what do you rate Devin on looks? I don't know who Devin is, J and R. Joe says, is, is falling out of love with a PC card a, vol- a volitional act? Or does it just happen naturally? Asking for a friend. I don't know what volitional means, Joe, but I think it happens naturally for myself. I mean, <clears throat> I think our tastes change. And I think as we discover more cards, there's always, I'm always discovering more cards and sets and inserts. I think as we discover more cards, 
I think that we realize, oh, I like this one better than those, or, you know, those ones aren't as interesting to me, so I'm going to start to let them go. That's kind of um, how it works for me. Or I just, what also happens to me sometimes is that I'll, I'll have collected a set. And by a set, I don't mean a base set. I mean like a set of an insert set or a parallel patch set or like premium swatches from Upper Deck Ultimate or, uh, you know, Immaculate has their, their, I think they're called numbers patches. Maybe do, maybe you collected a set like that. Maybe you collected limited logos or something like that. And, and, you know, you then decide, I don't need an 80 card set where there's 20 stars and 60 common. So I'm going to just break out this, break down the set, get rid of the players I don't care about and keep the players I do like. I've done that a few times where I just kind of, I just kind of uh, trim the collection by keeping the players I like, but getting getting rid of the the cards from the set of players that I don't need cards of in my collection. Facebook user asks, how would you guys even attempt to sell a McDavid Future Watch auto patch PSA? Uh, I mean, I would I would. S- lots of ways i mean you can you can put a post up on instagram you can sell it on you can send it to to uh pwcc you can send it to another consignment seller an mc sports cards a slab sharks in canada um lots of different ways listed on ebay yourself what do you rate devin booker on looks asks jnr i don't jnr i just don't lapper says you have to sell one all your howard chucks or all your gretzky which is going Ooh, aaron that's putting me to the test. I think at that point, I think at that point, I would have to, I would have to sell the Howard Chucks because, wait, sell them? Ooh, sell if I'm sell. No, I probably, I don't know. I'd probably sell the Gretzkys. I think I would have, I think I would sell the Gretzkys. It would bring in a lot more money and then I could then buy back a couple uh, because the Howard Chucks would be, I think, tougher to replace. What is your buying strategy at the National? Do you hit as many tables as possible before coming back or pull the trigger somewhat quickly? Yeah, great question, Vintage. My strategy is I pull the trigger as quick as I can because I know that if it's a card that I really want, I'm probably not alone. And if you don't act fast, you could walk the floor for four hours. You know, note down, okay, I like this card at this table, this card at that table. I'm going to walk around. I think people do this. And then I'm going to go back. I'm going to, I'm, then I'm going to go have a coffee, maybe some lunch. I'm going to, I'm going to contemplate which card do I want to buy or how am I going to allocate my budget for the, for the show? And I'm going to saunter back to that one table that has my number one target, and lo and behold, it's gone. I guarantee you that's going to happen to more people than not if they take that approach. So my advice and my strategy is and has always been, if I see the card I want, and I want it bad enough, and it's like, listen, if it's a Connor McDavid Young Gun or a Mike Trout, you know, 2011 Tops Update, like there's no rush. You can find a million of those. But if you're looking for a rare, scarce type card, uh, you got to buy it when you see it because guarantee you somebody else will if it's of the least little bit of interest and not a completely obscure player or something like that. How do you add questions here? Just like you wrote a comment, like this one, I, I think what you're getting is this is a question, so you just did one. Terry says the next tag drop is on Tuesday. Yes, it is. Cards H, any chance of a tour through your PC on an episode someday? Uh, yeah, for sure. For sure. There's a chance at that cards. AH. I just don't know. Like I need some advice. How should I do that? Should I have them all sitting here and show you them one at a time? That'll take a long time. Should I do a screen share? Cause all my PC, every card is scanned and organized. So I could do a screen share and take you through it that way. That would save a lot of time. Cause I could just kind of scroll through 
my various folders. Um, but cards age, let me know what you think would be best. Fan123, thoughts on Jokic cards long-term? If he wins a championship, you flip seven of them uh, for an average return, but thinking if he's good long-term, a good long-term hold. You know, a player, the hobby doesn't always act rationally, as I'm sure a lot of you know, and it's not always based on just performance. There's a lot of other things that go into it. And I I mean, take this for, I'm going to say this, take it for what it is, but I think there's a an element of hobby love and, and the hobby attributing value to players that is attributed to that player's, get ready for this, guys, sex appeal. And I mean that. That that player's, se- and by sex appeal, what I mean is, yeah, how they look, their body, uh, how they how they carry themselves, how they walk, do they have swagger, um, their name itself. I think I think there are biases in the hobby among collectors that uh, you know in basketball, you know how well you 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 have you have some players that are that are like not African American who get some hobby love like Luca. And Jokic should. I mean, he's a great player. He's one of the. Seems like he's going to be one of the best ever, just from uh, overall stats and and um, MVPs and titles and all these things. So, but there there's more that goes into it than just per uh, like individual accomplishments and team accomplishments. There's more to it than just those things. Um, country of origin can come into it. Uh, other things. So. I don't know. Uh, I just don't know if he's gonna if there will be long term value. I think there will be some because he is that good. But uh, it, you know, if 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 he were the exact same player, but he was Zion, I think it, I think Zion would have more long term value than than uh, than Jokic. But I'm not saying Zion's going to. I'm saying if you just you just switch the careers thus far, or sw- you know, sw- make Zion be Yoka, uh, Jokic, I think it'd be a bit different. Glenn Scribner, thanks for telling me. Michael Stone says trading still happens a ton of shows. Mark says what percentage will be hockey at the national five, five percent, probably. Thank you, Jeff McMahon for the update three two Vegas. Fact sake says how much will tag reinvigorate junk wax cards when they start grading them? Will people be driven to have one of the highest graded Yaga rookies on a 1000 point scale? What will it do to values? I can't say what it will do for values, fact sakes, but I do think that it will spark a new outlook on grading where it's one thing to have the, you know, the PSA 10s or the BGS 10 or even the BGS 10 black labels because the status with those things, but with tag on a thousand point scale and we, and tag has a ranking system as part of the pop reports, I think some people are going to want to compete to have the highest ranked card. Jake Dahl, I think people want to trade more in person or it shows. So then both parties get their cards. No one gets scammed. I, I think that's true. I think a lot of, tra- I personally much prefer trading in person than over, you know, uh, remotely on social media. Much prefer it. Much, much prefer it. Andrew says, still waiting for a major vault or platform to offer a swap cash option. Veriswap uh, is offering that, guys. Veriswap offers that, a, a channel sponsor. And um, so check them out for sure. Andrew Mark says, has Fanatic spoken to you about your role with PWCC weekly auctions? Any future changes? Uh, great, great question, Andrew Mark. So no, uh, Fanatics has not spoken to me. I did speak to my, um, I call him my handler, my handler at PWCC. I spoke to him on Friday, uh, yesterday, and um, we sort of agreed that I'm going to continue doing what I'm doing 
for the next three months as they go through uh, their integration with Fanatic. So I'm pretty much, uh, you know, in agreement to continue doing the PWCC premier auction once a month, the Sunday night hockey auction coverage with Josh Madigan from the gong show uh, through the end of August. And then we'll see what happens from there. Okay, Rich says, screen share of my PC would be really cool. Also, the clarity of scans would be better viewed compared to showing them on camera. Yeah, great point, Rich. Really good point. Thank you. JNR, can you do a 360? JNR, you keep me laughing. I'll, keep, I'll let you stay, I promise. What's up, Daniel? Good to see you, buddy. Tip of the mitt, start a video with your top 50 of your PC. I can't. Tip of the mitt, I can't. I cannot rank the cards in my collection. I have too many cards to rank them. I just can't, I've tried. I, I just, I, the thought of doing that tip, the thought of doing that is so overwhelming. I, I just can't do it. Cards AH, this is the time to cash out your Jokic and Matthew Kachuk cards. Well, unfortunately for me, I sold my Matthew Kachuk cards like six months ago. So I totally, totally missed the boat and I did not time the market properly on Matthew Kachuk. Somebody, somebody's going to do very well with the cards that they bought from my, uh, my Kachuk collection. I probably had 10 really, really nice cards. David French, worst investment as a child. Todd Van, Todd Van Poppel, Kevin Moss, Harold Miner. Yeah, what about Russell Maryland? Remember Russell Maryland from the first Upper Deck football series? I sure do. Scott Erickson. Remember Scott Erickson, the pitcher, I think, for the Twins? I mean, these guys were so hot back in those early days. Brian Taylor, of course. Yes, there are SSP. Joel, I have a direct flight to and from Chicago in July. Vintage wants to know, do you bring many cards to the national for sale or trade? I'm thinking of only bringing cash, but no cards. Yeah, I'm going to bring a few. I'm going to bring a few cards with me, like literally maybe the most. I'll bring three of those little uh, like graded card boxes. That's that's all I'll bring. What's up, Larry Morris says, hey, hey, want to say thanks again to you and AA Sports for the hanger boxes. I happened to hit a Vlad Jr. cloth and Alonzo, which was awesome. Thanks again. You are welcome. That is awesome. And thank you to AA Sports, guys, uh, for providing a giveaway on the show a couple weeks ago. CC says, not sure about looks, but I think personality goes a long way. For example, Giannis appears to get more hobby love than Jokic. Yeah, that's part of it. Listen, when I, yeah, that, it's part of the overall appeal of the player, you know, the overall, and let's face it, personality contributes to sex appeal, right? Handling yourself with confidence. That's something that people find attractive. So, CC, I agree with that. And it's really part of what I'm thinking. And I apologize if I didn't articulate that as well uh, when we were talking about it earlier. Fan123, looks definitely shouldn't matter. But yeah, that could be why. I don't think it's 100% why, but it's a part of it. It's a part of it. It's one of these people aren't even thinking biases that that are are just in people, I believe. Facebook user, can I see a tag slot? No, no, it's a tag is out of Los Angeles. Um, so I'd say, um, actually, I don't know what percentage of, of customers are Canadian versus American right now. But if I think about my audience here on Sports Cards Live, uh, the audience for this show, I can tell you guys, is it's like 16% Canada, 80% US, and then the rest is split everywhere else. So that, so I would almost think that the that the tag customer demographics, and again, I have no, I do not know. I've never seen the data, uh, but I would assume it's similar to that. <clears throat> Dave Snyder says, if you're in Edmonton, you need to go to Hap's Hungry House. It's owned by Hap Myers, an original saver. 
Yeah, 23, 22 games. Oh, thank you, David. Dave Snyder. We'll keep that in mind for sure. Uh, Alex says, instead of a top 50, could you pinpoint a top five or 10? Yeah, that'd be a lot easier for me if I'm just going off of value. If I'm just going off of value, I think I could do that. But to rank them by favorite, it's got nothing to do with value at that point for me. So, yeah. Uh, Stukes, is my Bobby Orr rookie regular issue or USA test? Um, I have three Bobby Orr rookies uh, personally, and they are all regular. I do not have any interest in the USA test card. Not that I don't think it's a cool card, but I it's just it, it's kind of not mainstream. I do prefer mainstream cards for the most part. As long as there's a, you know, if there's a mainstream like version, that's what I prefer. For example, uh, the the Quaker Oats cards, the 1955 Quaker Oats, no interest for me at all. Nothing, none, none, zero interest in those. I want the regular Parkhurst cards for that, like the Jacques Plante rookie as an example. Fan123 says, that must mean, well, Fan123, I don't know why you're, you don't, you don't listen all that well sometimes, Fan123, because I didn't say that that's happening all the time. But you're now saying that what I say means that that happens all the time. So, but what do you say here? You say, that must mean everyone thinks Luke is good looking since his card's still going for a record number. No, that's not the way it works, Fan123. And that he's a four-time NBA, all-time first teamer already. Yeah. No, and of course, there's going to be exceptions to all this stuff as well, right? I mean, it's, it's, I'm speaking in generality. So please don't uh, use my words as if it applies uh, to, to everything. You sold your Makachuk RPA Roth for, yeah, I think you did well. I mean, I was selling mine for like 350. So I think you did really well, really well. Mookie says three plus into SCL, three what, three years plus? I learned so much from so many of your guests. Which guests or guests can you say have changed your mind on a, oh man, that's a great question, Mookie, but I don't know. It's too hard. Really, it, it's hard. It's hard for me to pinpoint, but what I can tell you I guess what I could, you know, buying the card, not the grade is something that I learned that I learned it. I was exposed to that by a couple of vendors at the national in the early 2010s, uh, Brady Hill and, um, and Jeff from card country. I can't, I don't know Jeff's last name, Jeff, something or other from card country. These guys had, these guys are just professional collectors and they were the first ones that re- made me realize that it makes a lot of sense to buy the best looking card in the grade. And back then, people were selling them for the same prices. No one really, everyone thought, oh, it's a seven, it's a seven, it's a seven. So the seven price is this. And so back then I started looking for strong for the grade. But um, Maddie C on Instagram, I've had some great conversations with him, both on the channel and privately and on other channels as we were on round tables on other, uh, in other, on other shows. Um, on, on Rob Gerard, sports card therapist back in December, I was sat on a round table with him and it really hit home just how, how important to buy the card, not the grade. And one thing that Maddie said to me just uh, yesterday or the day before when we were chatting was he said, um, when he buys, when he buys a card, he considers the, the, the slab, not the slab, but like the label within the slab to be invisible. He doesn't even care. He doesn't even look at it. He only, he cares about the card. And I think if you can get to that point where you just, all you really care about is the card and you're not so concerned about the grade. Now this isn't going to apply to flippers or dealers, but for collectors. And if you're not, so if you're not like a, a, a slave to the PSA set registry where you want to be at the top of it and you just want that 
high grade, um, then I think it makes a lot of sense. Mark Santucci, I live in the US but love Canada. Fan one, two, three, USA, USA, USA. GMO says, Timo Solani made me win a hockey pool in his rookie year, 400 bucks. He, yeah, he had like 136 points his rookie year. I was at every home game that year, Giamaz. I was at every home game that he played, and I was there when he broke all those records. It was the best year of uh, watching professional sports of my life. He says, my friends mentioned I picked him too early. No, you did, you did better. You did better for sure. Michael Stone wants to know, how often do I set up at shows? Do you have a regular monthly? Yeah, there's a regular monthly here in Calgary. It's very close to me. It's a 10-minute it's a drive, if that. And I, go, I don't set up at it, but I do go to it usually... Uh, just about every month unless I'm out of town. And then I set up it. I set up at the two expos in Toronto, the Edmonton Expo. Uh, that's about it. Those are the show. And and once in a while, I'll, well, I'll start setting up the Montreal uh, Hobby Expo as well. <clears throat> Dave Snyder says, I'm being lured away from my safe space, my card room, from a woman who claims to be my wife of 30 years. I love the freestyle, but peace out. She has bacon and skin showing Get out of here, Dave Snyder. Get out of here. Go do what you got to do. 4-2 Vegas. Yeah, Florida's going to be up uh, up against a tough team in Vegas. But I'm going to hope for them. But it's tough to pick. Tough to pick. But we'll see what happens. Latrell Sprewell says, do you collect doubles of rare cards in your PC or not really? Some. There are some cards where I do have more than one. Um, but not a lot. Not a lot. But I do, I do have some. I do have some. Fan123 says, buy the grade. And not the card for investing and flipping, but buy the card and not the grade when it comes to your PC. It's a very short-sighted strategy, I would say. It's a very non-savvy strategy, I I believe. I I believe that the savvy will start to to buy the card and not the grade for both. As more and more people start to realize just how inconsistent, non-reproducible human grading is. And as faith deteriorates in uh in the incumbent grading companies which i think is is happening already i'm seeing a ton of narrative on that on social media so but we'll see if you want to be savvy just buy strong for the grade and if you're short-term flipping then great like if you're going to buy on monday and sell by friday or you know buy in january and sell by february great it's not going to happen that quick you're probably right on that fan one two three but if you're looking long term um especially on the investing it depends what your horizon if your investment horizon is a week or a month or two months maybe a quarter yeah go for the grade but but then you got to think your buyers are as they get educated more and more it's going to go the other way i believe kingston vanden heuvel says what are your feelings about the 2020 signature legends all-time future watch cards do you think they will hold value long term i guess you're talking about the autograph cards in there kingston yeah, you're talking about the auto. So there's two. There's the autographs. There's the gold autographs, and then there's the acetate cards. Do I think they will hold value long term? For now, my answer is yes. For now, are they going to sell the the values they're currently at? I think they will come down. You know, the the Wayne Gretzky has done four or five thousand dollars. I mean, it's now it's just a Gretzky autograph. Twenty three years after he retired, out of forty nine. You know, there's Gretzky autograph. You know autographs out of five, six, 10, 15 that sell for a lot less than that one does. So I think that right now it's a, it, there's a lot of hype around them and they are beautiful cards. They're really cool. My question is, will they do another version of all-time future watch autos? Maybe with a different design, in which case, 
will these ones come down in value or will people start to lose faith? I, being these the first ones, I think they'll always hold a special place. So yeah, I I do like them a lot. I just, they're, I'm priced out of them. Otherwise I'd try and get the whole set. I think it's a really cool set. But instead of doing that, I am actually working on the set of the acetates. I think it's a 101 card set. I've got like 30 of them already. And I think they're really cool. I mean, I, I missed out on a Bernie Federko yesterday for $7. I forgot to bid yesterday or today. So I've been picking those up. I love those. So do I think they'll hold the value? I don't know. I don't even really care if they hold the value. I just think they're really cool. The But when you're spending, you know, $1,000 for the Solani or the Hasek or the Forsberg or the Sackick or the Iserman or more for the Lemieux and the Gretzky, um, I don't know. Listen, I don't want to, I don't want to dissuade you. And then they double in value. Cause that could happen, but I don't, I don't, I'm not buying those cards. I'm not buying the autographs, even though I'd like to, maybe I'll pick up a Solani eventually. Yes. Daniel McGillney and Solani both scored 76 goals in the 92, 93 season. They tied for what would become the Maurice Richard trophy for most goals in a season. Uh, the Edmonton Expo, it's not the exact same day. They it it kind of moves around within a couple weeks, but it's uh, the last one we just had it May fifth to seventh, so just uh, just a month ago. Oh, we did that one already. What did I miss here? Oh, you did the same question twice. Okay, no problem, Kingston. Uh, Bobby Burrell, savvy twice in one. <laughs> Thanks, Bobby. <laughs> Appreciate that. Joe Sackett, which sport are you most into at this exact second collecting wise? I mean, it's always hockey for me as being most into, followed by baseball and basketball, kind of a, probably more basketball, but it's really just a few players. It's really just Michael Jordan, Shaquille O'Neal, a little bit of LeBron, a little bit of Kobe. And then I did pick up a nice uh, Ray Allen, uh, gallery of heroes card which i think i showed last last episode and it, actually i picked this up, this up before i just picked up the peyton manning gallery of heroes and these two are these are just hold these up against like a, a lit an open window and uh these cards are just beautiful i was actually looking at all the gallery of heroes on on com c yesterday didn't pick up anymore but i will will skinner cup rpas go down yeah i think they will i think i think skinner was a was a bit of a hype train I don't think he's that good personally. I think they will definitely go down in value. Just my thoughts. I don't own any. I don't plan, never planned on buying them and still don't. SSP Joel says, I have three graded Gretzky rookies, but that's about it. Any Gretzky card from sets that you recommend besides his rookie? Man, oh man. I mean, it depends what you like, SSP Joel. If you like, if you like rare inserts, look no further than the Fleer products from the 2010s. Also look no further than various products from the late 90s um look at my look at my instagram page uh but but from his like opichi days not i mean other than his rookie i, I love i love the whole run like i collect the whole run 79 through 89 i want all the base cards and and i think i i, I have all but a couple or all but one i don't think i have the 81 or the 82 so but I don't know that I'd recommend them unless you're going to do the whole run or unless you just love the looks of it. His, his second year card, the ADO Peachy or Tops, beautiful cards. Absolutely great, great photos. Stuke says, what is your favorite NHL player interaction? For example, I want a bar drawing to have Bratz and Beer with the Jets met Howarchuk and the entire team. They were very approachable in that setting. 
Yeah, I guess my uh, my favorite NHL player interactions would have been with Dale Howard Chuck um, and Timo Solani. Quick story. So back in probably 1984, maybe 85, uh, my stepfather was a car salesman in uh, in Winnipeg and he sold the dealership he worked for were partnered up with the Winnipeg Jets and he was the salesman that got that sold Dale Howard Chuck. Uh, he also sold Paul McLean a car and because they were Jets, um, he took me on the delivery of those cards of those cars uh, to these guys' houses. So I got to go to both their houses. I remember and I'm young. This is this is what, 40 years ago, just under 40 years ago. I remember driving into uh, driving the car right in right up the Dale Howard Chuck's driveway into his garage. He had Scott Arneal living with him at, at the time. He was also a Jet. Uh, and they, I guess he, I don't know if he was living with him or he was just there at the time, but Scott O'Neill was there. And, uh, and I just remember Dale Howard Chuck gave me a couple of those, like, you know, team postcards with like signed in ballpoint to Jeremy best wishes, Dale Howard Chuck. And, um, I mean, at the time Howard Chuck was the, I mean, he was the biggest name in Winnipeg. He was our hero and my favorite player. And, um, so that was, that was cool for a kid like me. And then we did the Paul McLean, same thing delivered the car. I, I have a, my memory isn't as vivid with him, but delivered the car uh, to Paul McLean. And then as, as uh coincidence would have it about a year ago, I met Paul McLean's son and uh, retold the story to him. He had moved to Calgary and someone kind of hooked us up who knew him and said, Hey, you should, uh, you should get to know this guy. And so that, that was pretty cool. And then Timo Solani. So I had a card shop in Winnipeg from like 91 to 94. And, um, I used to, you know, I'd go there sometimes late at night to do some organizing. And one night I pulled up in front of the shop and there was this Jeep Cherokee parked in front. And these two guys were kind of walking around looking at the car. And I was like, what's going on here? Right in front of my shop. So I pulled over, I pulled in front, got out of my car. And it was Timu Solani and his brother Pavo. And I, I guess they were learning how to drive or one of them was teaching the other guy how to, I wouldn't mean Timu was a driver. He, he knows how to drive. I, I don't know exactly what they were doing, but they were parked there. And I had a chat with them about it and talked about the shop and uh, told them I'm a huge fan. And um, that was always fun. He, he lived like basically kind of right around the corner from where our shop was. And he was known for playing street hockey with the kids in the neighborhood. Whenever he was out there, you could drive down his street. He lived on Campbell Street in River Heights in Winnipeg. And you could drive down there and there would be, he'd be out there playing street hockey with like 30 kids. And you drive down, you drive down the street, they'd all move out of the way. You know, it was, it was pretty cool. Timu was such a great guy. My favorite PC tag slab asks trip 300. So I'm looking at a showcase right now. I've got 6, 12, 18. I got 21 cards in there. My favorite one is probably the uh, 20, so I, I think it's 2020 Opeachy Platinum, Sidney Crosby, Golden Treasures. It's a, it's a tag nine. Um, and yeah, I certainly love that card. Facebook user, maybe Scribner says, will Synergy ever die off? I don't know. I kind of hope not. I, I like some some things about, about Synergy. Better question for the guys from Upper Deck, uh, which next Saturday, their president is coming on Sports Cars Live. Jason Moshera will be our guest next Saturday on, on SCL. So we can ask him then. Yes, Daniel, rest in peace. Uh, rest in peace, Dale Howardchuk. Passed away at like 57 years old uh, from cancer a couple years ago. David French, Dr. Beckett said on a recent podcast, the true invest is the item that we will want to, the true investment is the item that we will want to collect in the future, but people aren't protecting it, keeping it pristine right now. My example is disc golf. 
<clears throat> interesting. I mean, very interesting. I think, I think, I think, listen, Dr. Becca, I, I'm never going to challenge his intellect. Um, but, but this is history, right? This is what's always happened in history. And I wonder, you know, things are changing a little bit. And what card companies have done to combat that now that every card goes straight to, to sleeve top loader or slab uh, is manufactured scarcity. And so there's something to that, I believe. It's, it, I think there is something to that. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Disc golf. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's very niche, uh, extremely niche, but it, you know, it has to appeal to, to a mass audience for there to be true, I believe true investment potential. So, you know, what, what is that? Are they, are they our phones or our, our, our Apple watches? Uh, what is it? I don't know. Um, I don't know exactly, but, uh, yeah, keep your eyes open, I guess. Cards, you say cards? No, disc golf cards. Yeah, I don't know about that. I I wouldn't be uh, I wouldn't be counting on that one, David French. But I think I think the I understand the example. SSP Joel says you mentioned ComC, fellow Canadian here. Is it difficult sending cards to ComC from Canada? Any tips? I've never ever sent cards to ComC via like uh, post or or courier. Um, I've always submitted in person at a card show, and they're at almost all the card shows. So. If you can go to a card show, it's not that hard. I have no tips for sending to them because I've never done it. And I've been, I've been submitting cards to them since 2013. Uh, Scribner says, I'm hoping Jamal Murray wins as I have a rare auto card with a Canadian flag on it. Love the card, will never sell. Awesome. Daniel, my friends and I had drinks with Brian Prop. Man, the stories he told us were priceless and top secret. Yeah, I get that for sure. Foul five ball. Jeremy says Gretzky's second year card is a great card to collect besides his rookie. I agree. Definitely beautiful. I uh, don't follow college hockey at all, Michael. I like to hear who wins the Hobie Baker. Uh, but that's it. Like that's it. Once a year, I, I get a, I get one one headline and that's good enough for me. Um, so I do not. Jeff McMahon met Dale Howard Chuck at a show here in Michigan almost 15 years ago. Great guy and still have the puck he signed. Really cool, Jeff. Really cool. I do too. I like the 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 low number uh, synergy rookies and, and the base cards. I think they're really cool base cards. Tom Grant says manufactured scarcity is never the same as true scarcity. Well, I mean, listen, I'm, I'm not going to just accept that as said, Tom, simply because manufactured scarcity is relatively new. And so we don't know what that's going to look like 30 years down the road um, in sports cards, in sports cards, because look at vehicles, vehicles are manufactured scarcity. Uh, and how do, how do, how do, how does, uh, I don't know, how does, uh, a Lamborghini where they make six of them, you know, and they're 3 million a pop, how do they fare versus, you know, an old challenger from the sixties, uh, that is, that is true scarcity. So, uh, never the same, you know, I agree with you, like just the way you're technically the, your sentence as it, as it says, yes, it's not the same. They were produced for different reasons in different quantities, but will they be viewed differently in 30 years or valued differently because it's manufactured versus versus organic. I don't know. I don't know for sure. It's hard to, it's hard to forecast the future that way. Uh, if I, I'm going to continue assuming this is uh, Glenn Scribner says, I love tennis cards, but makes me frustrated. 
is not every not every main player has one. Yeah, that yeah that should, that would be frustrating. Like you know when when Panini put out uh, or sorry when when Tops put out F one cards like every racer even in F two maybe even some F three racers they all got cards. It would be nice for a product like that for tennis because tennis is an international sport as well. Great athletes, individual sort sort of sport like golf. Uh, you know, like like F one, like racing. So yeah, I I, I certainly hear that. Uh, if that is you, Glenn, and would like to see a, a broader set with more athletes in it, for sure. I think it could do well. It's it's niche, more niche than the than the you know the the big four major sports, but still pretty cool. <clears throat> TB twelve says, have you noticed the aftermarket signed rookies and vintage really starting to take off? Yeah, I'm noticing signed vintage. Well, when you say take off, listen, I don't collect signed vintage, so I'm not noticing the prices, but I'm in a, I'm in a vintage, a vintage card chat group. And there's a, there's a group, a group within, excuse me, that are loving the autographed vintage. And, uh, I think as they share their love for it and, and just express their passion and, and, you know, you see more and more posts on Twitter, Instagram, videos on YouTube, you know, that kind of thing. That, that makes something gain popularity. And eventually what it does is it increases demand, which, which pushes prices upwards. But I think it's, it's not, I don't think there's anything nefarious about sharing your love or passion for a card or cards or a segment of the hobby. Uh, what else? Why, that's what Instagram hobby started for was showing your cards in your collection. So uh, I think people are more, I think more and more people are doing that. And as more and more people do that, more and more of their followers see them. And now they're exposed to something that they maybe hadn't considered before. It happens to me all the time. People post something on Instagram that I never really noticed before. I'm like, oh, I like that. Oh, let's go see what's out there. You know, that, you know, you start, you start browsing on eBay, on PWCC, on ComC, you start looking for some of these cards and maybe you buy the odd one. I mean, I'm, regularly influenced by accounts on Instagram. And, uh, and so with this vintage signed cards, I think that is definitely happening. What's up, Jay-Z? Good to see you, buddy. Tom Grant says, Kmart limited edition superstar sets. Um, I don't really have much experience with those, Tom, so can't speak to them. Uh, Must be Glenn says, love your show, man. If I'm ever in Calgary, when is your show? I'll try and meet your, I'll try and meet sometimes. The, sh- the local card show is, is it's like one Saturday, Sunday a month. And I usually go on the Saturday. I show up about 1030 and I'm out of there by noon is when I go to it. So it's called the Acadia Rec. It's at the Acadia Rec Center. It's called the ARC or the Acadia Rec Center show. Um, but just ask me again, if you're ever coming, ask me and I'll let you know when it is. Because I don't really, I get the emails like the week leading up to it. Stuke says, do you have any Parkhurst wrestling cards? I do not, Stuke. I do not. But you go on to say, I had to get a Bronco Nagurski, the NFL Hall of Fame. Yeah, the Bronco Nagurski. I mean, that's a, that's a Mount Rushmore football card for sure. Tom Grant says, what we were told in the 80s about not having cards signed definitely turned out to be very bad advice. Yeah, I mean, listen, what we were told and what you do shouldn't be the same thing. So let's just start by taking responsibility for ourselves and saying, just because some people in the hobby said, don't get your cards autographed because it ruins the card. doesn't mean that you had to listen. I listened on some and some I didn't. I had a, I had a pretty cool autographed rookie collection for a while. 
and uh, some I got done in person, some I bought as is, uh, but so, so there's that. The other thing is that it was impossible to know back then what would happen. And just cause, you know, I think it starts out really small organically, like a few people start to collect them, understand that the player held the card, the player signed the card, and that's a cool feature of the card. It gets you a little bit closer to that player. I have no desire to get close to the players, by the way. I, I don't, I, I have no desire to, to meet players. Like I really don't like maybe Timo Solani is the only guy I'd like to see again. Uh, but, but you know, who knew that in 2020, in the two, early 2020s, that uh, there'd be contingent of people who knew the social media would come along. First of all, I think a lot of it has to do with social media that that would come along, be as big as it is, and that, uh, that a contingent of collectors would start to share and that more and more people would appreciate it and it would grow. So was it bad advice? I don't know what it was. It was bad. Gui- it, it, was, it was guidance that didn't hold up, I would say. So anyway, Facebook user, how do you post cards on Instagram? Never tried. Figure it out, buddy. Figure it out. Tom Grant says, I'm waiting for the flood of fake mantle autos on cards similar to what happened with balls. Yeah, that's uh, that. I think that's a legitimate concern, Tom. American Beam says I'm sticking to graded vintage slabs of baseball Hall of Famers. Major discounts available. Yeah, uh, I think I think that's a, a decent strategy. Um, when you talk about graded vintage, I think graded gives you more comfort than than raw does for sure. And then you just got to decide, you know, what grade, what what are you going low grade, mid grade, high grade? Where within those different bands? And uh, just make sure that you're looking at the card and not just buying the grade. Punt Pass Click says, doing the opposite of everyone else usually works out well in collectible. Yeah, the contrarian uh, approach is uh, usually does work out. You know, buy when everyone is selling and sell when everyone's buying. What is up, Rage? Rage in the house. Yo, yo. Good to see you. Thanks for stopping by. Mark Santucci, how many cards of 7980 do you have? Just the Gret- uh, the Gretzky's and a La- and a, and a Gordy Howe last uh, last like mainstream card. Jay Z says, my thought, Jeremy, your thoughts on current grading landscape? Do you think the way each grading company would ever clearly define how they? Do you think the way each grading company would ever clearly define how they grade? I.e., Company X places more grading points on centering or higher score. I don't think they know Jay-Z, honestly. I don't think, I think they have got, I think they have their standards. You can find them on their websites, but I just don't think that they are, that they adhere to them consistently uh, enough. So will they, I don't think it's in their best interest to do that because it'll just, it'll just allow more people to um, critique them. It's tough when you're human grading. It, it just, it's really tough. CC says the hobby changes and evolves over time. Yes. Back in the day, BGS slabs were valued more or equal to PSA. Only on modern, guys, not on vintage. Keep that in mind. Um, sorry, I, I interrupted myself. BGS slabs were valued more or equal to PSA, and auto on rookies was not popular. Things change and may change again in the future. Not may, will. We're, things are always changing. That The only constant, guys, is change. Keep that in mind. So if you think that that anything that we you know of right now is going to be permanent, I guarantee, 95% certainty guarantee you that you are wrong. Uh, this Facebook user is looking for a low-grade Bobby Orr. PM him. He's on Facebook. TB12 says, I think the grading companies will be on high alert with how popular signed vintage is becoming, especially with AI technology coming. Uh, they should be. They should be. 
Sport the professor. Good evening. I did not see the pre post you were doing a Q&A. You are yeah, I only uh, figured that out about an hour before I went live. The our, our guest for tonight uh, had to reschedule like like I got an, I got a text message at 12:30 last night. Had to reschedule. So, um, here we are. Punt pass click says any players currently in the finals that we should be watching card wise. I mean, I'd be watching Matthew Kachuk on the Florida Panthers, maybe Alexander Barkov on the Florida Panthers, on the Vegas Golden Knights, maybe Jack Eichel. I'd be watching Jack Eichel. Uh, there's really nobody else on that team that I would be watching. Their goaltender, Aiden Hill, I don't know that he's, you know, that he's going to have a, a great career, but, you know, you might want to take a flyer on him if you're into the uh, sort of prospecting thing or, or just, yeah, that kind of thing. In Calgary, the next local show is June 17th. There you go, everybody. Huck Kerinsky says, do you have any action sports cards? BMX freestyle. I don't, Huck. I do not. Seen some. I have, like, I've got the uh, the Tony Hawk Sports Illustrated for Kids Rookie. Um, I've come close to buying, oh, what was his name? The 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 surfer, uh, whose name is Joe. If you're still watching, what's the surfer's name? Whose name is escaping me right now? Nufi Sig says, should we be wary of PSA 9s for long-term hold as their pop is artificially inflated no one cracks and resubmits 10s looking for 11s well i think it's i don't know i don't know anufi sig i think i think what actually it might be the opposite right because as the hobby realizes that there aren't 2800 psa 9 michael jordan fleer rookies there's probably more like and i'm going off of what jason coon said on the episode more like 21 or 2200 uh, yes, guys, Kelly Slater. Thank you, Joe and Pun Pass. Exactly, Kelly Slater uh, for the surfer. But back to PSA 9s and 10s, I think it might go the other way because once you recognize that the pop reports are misleading and inaccurate grossly and Bobby Bobby Burrell, I, I believe it. Yeah, Bobby just posted. Bobby's still here. And Bobby and I had this, had this uh, debate a couple years ago. And... I now take Bobby's position, not mine. I thought, oh, they're probably overinflated by 5 to 10%. Bobby's like, no, 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 Jeremy. It's like 25 to 30%. I'm now in the 25 to 30 plus percent uh, view. Now, there have been a lot of cards broken, uh, cracked, and, and resubmitted since Bobby and I had that conversation, but maybe that's why I'm even like 30 plus now. So, um, but because there aren't, if you're valuing, a PSA 9 Michael Jordan, just to, to use an example, uh, based on 2,800 pop, but there's only 2,100, it should be a bit more valuable that there's only like 75% of the population that exists. So it might go the other way, Nufi Sig. Kind of think about that a little bit. Rage says, I wish that subgrades were mandatory on all graded cards across all grading companies. Yeah, but they can't be. You get to decide what's mandatory from uh, within your own company. Daniel A. Love these Q&A nights. It's great topics. Thanks, Daniel. Always good to see you, buddy. You are welcome. Punt pass click. Facebook user, could my Mark Stone Cup RPA sell and how much? I don't know how much. And yes, it could sell. Collectors Canada, how long have you been full-time in the hobby? Ooh, that's a funny question, Collectors Canada, because mentally, uh, emotionally, I've been full-time in the hobby since 1982. <laughs> but I mean, I went to school, I went to university, I had a career, I, you know, I have kids, but really like full time in the hobby where I don't have any 
other uh, jobs, uh, one all, like one year, basically. Bobby Burrell says, what pre-war hockey set has been overlooked in the hobby? Well, you'd be the best one to answer that, Bobby, but all of them, maybe all of them. But if you're looking for the best one, I like the 23-24 Patterson set. I mean, it's kind of a mainstream set because it's got such an important rookie class. But there are some, you know, there's the Maple Chris Betts uh, and some others that I'm not even that familiar with. So I don't know uh, what the best answer is to that, but I would say like maybe all of them. Alan S says, Dave Mira and Evil Knievel. And Evil was a hockey player. How cool is that? Yeah, that's very cool. I don't know how to say that, Tom Grant, but the Duke. Rage says, I held on to two Matthew Kachuk Young Guns since released by accident. Kaching. Yeah, that's congratulations. Mookie Chilson says, Jeremy, have you heard the rumors of Fanatics potentially buying PSA? What would you think if that came to pass? Oh, I, I've heard rumors that they're buying every grading company. So if they, what would I think if they bought PSA? I would think that I would think that the hobby would revolt because the hobby right now narratives seem to suggest the fanatics is becoming a monopoly and um, you're only a monopoly if you don't have competition. So while that's the case with, you know, tops in baseball and Panini and basketball and football, uh, they bought PWCC. That's not a monopoly move. That's just an integ- a vertical integration move. Uh, it doesn't make them a monopoly. People thought that makes them a monopoly. You just don't know what a monopoly is if, if you if, if you think that. But that said, it does make them something. It makes them a conglomerate. It makes them uh, vertically integrated. It makes them a one-stop shop for things. And a lot of people don't like that. They feel that there's a conflict of interest there. So if they were to now buy the you know the biggest grading company, I think that the hobby would revolt against it some in the hobby would revolt against it, thinking that they are now, uh, that it's not fair that they grade their own cards, even though Tops is located here and PSA is there and they're not the same employees, they're not the same corporation, they just have the same common shareholder. They are sister companies. And there are a lot of sister companies out there that we don't, we're not even aware of. You just look at any conglomerate out there and look at all the different businesses they have. It, it's, it's like Twitter and SpaceX, you know, like should SpaceX employees be able to use Twitter sort of thing? And I know it's a, it's different because you're not impacting value and all that, but think about it that way. They're not, they are not the same companies. They are simply have like, technically they're not the same company. They have the same common shareholder. Now if that common shareholder is walking in and talking to management and the, and the frontline staff and saying, Hey, grade these cards, these grade our cards easier. Well then, then we have a problem. Could they do that? I suppose they could. Would they, I I hope not, but maybe they could. I hope not, though. Stuke says you like 3940 Opeachy, the 5x7 black and white. It's very nice. Eric Stefano, good evening to you. Daniel says, great thing about this hobby is everyone likes different things and there is something for everyone. Yes, I totally agree. I'm not into auto grades or into autographs, but it's so cool that many do like those things. Yeah, for sure agree with that. For sure. Uh... Facebook, do I want a Timu Solani game stick? I have like a half a dozen game sticks and they're just sitting in my furnace room. So no thank you. Todd McDonald says, are you planning on covering any more of the video game auctions? The episode you did in the past was great. Maybe, maybe. I'm hoping to, Todd. I'm hoping to. I, I have to talk to, to the guys from LCG Auctions to see if they want me to do it again. And if they do, I certainly will. I totally enjoyed it. 
Bobby Burrell, I want your, just wanted your personal opinion. Patterson has not been overlooked, but Maple Crispet is a great answer, especially knowing that Opeachy bought them in 1925. I didn't know that. The professor says, should Fanatics, if they are a monopoly by Hasbro, to push Panini out of Monopoly NBA Prism? I mean, I, I don't think that that... Uh, <laughs> by Hasbro. I mean, God, that's such a crazy question, Professor. Should they buy Hasbro? for the simple reason of pushing Panini out of M NBA Prism? No, no, I think that's a ridiculous, I think that's ridiculous actually because Hasbro is so much bigger than Monopoly Prism. Um, like, I, I don't know what, what, what a good analogy is there, but take any company that does a lot of different things and pick their smallest product and say, should someone buy them for that smallest product or that smallest revenue? That was a joke, thank you. Okay, thank God, because I was, I, was, I was wondering, I know you're a smart guy. I was wondering there for a second. Uh, Michael Stone, PSA is too big for Fanatics to buy. I think Fanatics will look towards SGC and possibly Beckett for grading. All the all they're they're all being bantered about by the hobby uh, narratives, <clears throat> by by everyone in the hobby. We will see. What Cheho Otani card or cards do you think are good long term? Sorry, Lawrence, I can't speak to modern baseball very well, but. From what I know, from covering the uh, the PWCC Premier Auctions, the like what are they, the the Bowman Chrome, the Bowman Chromes, the Topps Chromes, those early uh, early the 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 first year autograph of those cards. That's where I would go. But again, I don't know, I don't know very well. <clears throat> Rage says, look into government shutdown of major partner of Panini Pokemon in printing and distribution areas of the hobby in China called. Fan cave or something like that. Look on cards at the very bottom. Yeah, I don't, I don't, can't make complete sense of what you're saying, Rage. But I did see, I did see something today on on some social media platform that the biggest card manufacturer in China was just shut down by their government. So I don't know what that means, who they were. I didn't even click in to look at it. Um, but uh, and I don't know, are they an, are they an outs are they a, an, a, a, a printing partner, an outsource vendor? of Panini or is this a brand that is just operating out uh, in, in Japan or somewhere or China? I'm not sure. Ooh, at the bottom of the comments at the hour 25 mark. Oh, I wouldn't give away my Solani, but only if you, if you had a Gretzky. Yeah. I don't think I'd trade away a Gretzky for a Solani. I'm just not a stick guy. I, I'm not a big game you stick guy. They're, uh, they're tough to display, but I do love I just got this from the same from Pather, the same guy who gave me the two uh, jersey frames here. Also uh, gave me this uh, this gloves display holder, and um, it's awesome because those things you just hang. They used to just hang off the top uh, post of my my shelving unit there, and now I have a nice display unit for them. Jerry Hodge says, "Any interest in junior minor hockey card sets? That much interest for me, Jerry." Tom Grant says, think it was a breaker in China that was shut down due to gambling. Interesting. Okay, didn't hear that. Uh, the professor says, is there any interest in, in the hockey side of the hobby in type one photos? I mean, I shake my head only because I can't think of ever hearing about it myself. I think that's like a, I've only really seen it for baseball, basketball, and the Jim Brown rookie photo for football that I've ever seen myself. But I can't say it doesn't exist. There's probably some interest. Lucky K says, I'm looking forward to see if Fanatics can get players to sign cards rather than stickers. That'd be awesome. I do not like sticker autos myself. <clears throat> Bobby Burrell says, Fanatics is in the pursuit of monopolization, but will never become a monopoly. 
I believe that. Rachel's all Panini cards have Chinese writing at the very bottom over the past few years, which makes me think they may play way bigger a part than we know. Yeah, I feel I feel you, Rage. I feel you. What's the highest, highest what? Valued Connor Bedard card right now? I'm not even sure. Maybe something from SP Game Used or Team Canada, something like that. I uh, I've just learned from experience that he has no no NHL cards yet. He won't until you know later this year. And so anything that he does have right now, again, knowing just from experience uh, with the Connor McDavid years, will if it's going to repeat itself, which it may not, uh, will come down in value. Will come down in value once the NHL cards start to come out. Philly Joe says, fanatics can't be a monopoly when a large part of your business is based on an opinion, which is what grading is. Oh yeah, so fanatics buying a grading company can't become a monopoly. Yeah, and because there's still competition and you know, there's, there's decent competition, SGC, CSG, Beckett. These are still companies that are doing good business. And, and that's only on the human side of things. Then you have the, the automated grading companies. Well, really the, the only one that really matters being TAG that actually has the patents and everything. Um, you know, you're, you're, never, you're always gonna have competition. They're gonna have competition in auction houses. They're gonna have competition in sports cards. Maybe not baseball, basketball, football, but other sports cards. So they're, they're not a monopoly. They're not gonna be a monopoly. Um, but it's just an easy term to use to describe the sentiment that these guys are just taking everything, you know, or they're they're growing so fast and getting into all different aspects of the hobby. But that is not a mon- that is not a monopoly. That is what I think is referred to as vertical integration. And as long as there's competition uh, for all of the verticals, then you're not going to have them, or even most of them, you're not going to have a, a monopoly. Yankees fan says, Jeremy, thanks for sharing more time and knowledge tonight. Thank you, Yankees fan. I'm thank you. I, I hope you find it useful. I'm, and I'm glad I'm glad you do. Chad Shipper, what's going on, Chad? Late to the party. Sorry if you mentioned earlier, Vegas or Florida. I'm gonna still I'm still like I'm hoping for Florida. I have fans that are hoping for Ve- friends who are hoping for Vegas. So I'll be happy either way. I feel like Florida's a team of destiny, but uh, last I heard they were down four to two. The game's probably over by now. And I'm guessing that they lost five to two. So now they can now they gotta they gotta win four out of the next six. Cardboard Richards thoughts on the Maurice Richard signed personal bank checks, the ones that are PSA authenticated. I don't really my thoughts are they're cool pieces, but I also know that there's like hundreds, if not thousands, of them out there because all of his all of his canceled checks were bought in an auction at some point in time. He like apparently I don't know the exact story, so don't take this, but it's something like they were all saved and intact, maybe by him or his estate, and then sold to whomever, and then slowly made their way out into the market. So I think they're a cool piece, but I don't think that I think there's so I think there's such a high supply that the value just won't be what you'd expect it to be if there was a way fewer of them. Facebook user asks, Connor Bedard Cup RPAs won't be for two years. Yeah, I mean, unless Upper Deck can can really accelerate the rate at which they're putting out products based on you know printing and all that, uh, we're probably well. So it wouldn't come out anyway until about about you know best case scenario October of twenty twenty four, and then they're behind. So is that going to push us into twenty twenty five? 
So yeah, I think you're I think you're uh, I think you're two years away. Matt from the Essential Credentials, make sure you guys check out his podcast as Jeremy just got done coaching. What's next for tag? I'm getting closer and closer. Uh, just please rewind, Matt. We've covered that a couple times already, so I'd rather not go through it yet again tonight. Daniel says, Jeremy, you're now you're now a Calgary guy. What are your thoughts on True Living as the new Leafs new GM? Only covered that one so far tonight, Daniel. So I'll tell you, I think that Leaf fans don't know how good they've got it with True Living. I've heard people say that he's a downgrade from Dubas. Come on, you guys don't know what you got. You're you just don't understand how good of a GM uh, Brad Treliving is. He did not, he by trading Matthew Kachuk for Huberto, uh, he did as good as you could possibly do and you were forced to trade your best player. Uh, he had no no option there. He was forced to keep Daryl Sutter by ownership. Like he was in a bad position here. Ownership is the problem in Calgary, not ownership and coaching, not the GM. We lost our best front office man in Treliving. I think the Leafs are very lucky to have him. You guys should be very, uh, you should be very excited. Stuke said, will the National have a special card for Bedard in Chicago? I mean, it won't be the National. It'll be a card company who does it for the National. And my guess is probably, there will probably be something I would have to think. I would have to think. Yeah, Daniel, you're one of the smart ones. Excited about your living. Uh, you should be. I think you guys are so fortunate to have him. Thank you, Matt. I appreciate that. Am I currently saving for the national or spending as usual? Um, I mean, I'm spending a bit, but I'm also selling a little bit. Like, you know, we had the Edmonton Expo. I sold cards there. I sold cards at the Toronto Expo. Um, I'm not going into the national looking to spend thousands and thousands of dollars. I'm going to go looking to pick up a couple pieces that'll, that'll make my trip about my collection because it's going to be about tag grading it's going to be about seeing friends and networking and and all that but i always want to come home with a few special pieces so uh, my saving um i'd say i i kind of have the resources i need to buy a couple pieces there so uh but we'll see i mean um i'm excited for the national though and i'm excited you're coming matt that that's just awesome tom grant says if bedard doesn't have rookie until 2025 does that impact his pricing to the downside or even the overall demand? Can't see how that helps grow the overall hobby. Well, it's not until 2025. It's the cup rookie that won't come out till 2025, but he will have a card in 2023. His He will have something in 2023 and he'll definitely have cards in like Q1 and Q2 of 2024. So um, it just depends what happens, right? I mean, if he comes, if he, if he plays... If he plays for Chicago next year and lights it up, it's not going to hurt his card value. If he if he if he comes out and doesn't do well, then yeah, his values aren't going to do much. But uh, it's not really twenty twenty five. That's just for his his cup RPA and maybe one or two other brands out of what twenty five. So there's more to it than just that. Uh, guessing this is still Glenn says. Will McDavid cards go sky high if he wins the cup or go down if he never does? Like guys, I. I can't, I can't predict the future that well, but if he wins the cup, I do think that there will be like a step up in his floor. And if he never wins a cup, I think that'll be tough. That'll be tough for him. You know, every player, that's the ultimate goal for every player. It's not to win the Hart Trophy. It's not to win uh, the Conn Smythe. Well, the Conn Smythe, it, it certainly is. It's not to win the Art Ross Trophy, I should say, for most points in a season. Uh, but... 
it's to win the Stanley Cup. And I think that's where the hobby puts a lot of value on players, is players who win championships. So, I don't know. Will they go down? I think so. But it might take a while, right? It, it might take a while for him to, well, at least, a, you know, a year before he retires or people thinks he will. Oh, he's never going to win a cup. I better start selling my cards before everybody else does. I could see that happening. Troy Cole says, how will Fanatics return a profit on cards if AI eliminates as many jobs as predicted? Hard to say what scale this inevitability will happen. I don't understand how, I don't understand, Troy, sorry, I don't understand what you mean. If AI eliminates jobs, oh, you're talking about will people be, anytime techno, technology just brings more jobs. It doesn't, it, it does, it doesn't increase unemployment if that's what you're getting at. Technology, my my perspective is that technology has never increased unemployment rates. So just consider that. And I think that'll, with AI, there will be more applications for AI, more uses of it, more, more, in, more um, innovation and businesses. So I don't think that's the case at all. Matt says, I'm curious to see if Fanatics will find a way to make base cards mean something again. Can they? Maybe, maybe. I think I think the more and more we had the question earlier, Matt, will there ever be a three dollar pack again? I answered yes. I think there will be because I think fanatics will want to bring in young kids and people from all different uh, tax brackets. And to do that, there have to be packs that are three bucks. It's almost funny that the question wasn't, will we ever see a dollar pack again? You know, the question was, will we ever see a three dollar pack again? So I think we will. I think we will see it. Troy says, will Pro Set release a conflict set in the next few years, similar to Desert Storm of the early 90s? Well, Pro Set is now owned by Leaf, Leaf Cards, Brian Gray, who likes to, Brian Gray loves putting out those controversial cards. So I'll go with yes, Troy. I will go with yes, they will. Tom Grant says, you have to win the cup, otherwise you're Dominique Wilkins. Yeah, I think you, you, you kind of do need to win a cup to be in that elite, elite level. Like, I, I've been saying lately, you know, you've got you got Gordie Howe, Bobby Orr, Wayne Gretzky, Mario Lemieux, Sidney Crosby, and Connor McDavid. And maybe the next one is Connor Bedard. Those guys all have Stanley Cups. <clears throat> they all have everything, right? So if Connor McDavid is going to be in that group and the only one without a cup, I think he'll be there on a skill level, uh, on a skill set, from a skill set perspective, from a, a personal uh, offensive production perspective. But will he not have that championship? That's going to cause people to not include him in that group. Will Crosby win one more cup? No. I'll say no. I'll say no. Mookie Chilson says, fill in the blank. The potential PC card I regret passing on is, and the PC card I re regret selling is. Oh, man, Mookie. Tough. Great question, but tough to answer on the spot like this. So I'm, I'm going to have to think about it. But if anyone else in the chat wants to answer Mookie's question for yourselves, Please go ahead and do so. I've passed on a lot of cards though, Mookie, where it's like, oh, I should, or, or they got snapped up before I could buy them on a buy it now sort of thing. So, well, okay, I do have an answer. In about 2008, I was this close to buying what was a PSA 6 Willie Mays 51 Bowman rookie card. It was about $8,000 and I tapped out on the auction. And I recently bought a PSA 4 Willie Mays for like a lot more than I could have bought the four for. So I, I kind of regret that one. Selling, I mean, I'll take the easy one on it. Some, some, some Matthew Kachucks recently maybe, but I'm sure there's others. 
<coughs> oh, Daniel, that's funny. I wonder when AI takes over the world, what cards they will collect. Too funny. Tom Ground, the problem with base cards, there are simply too many sets. Yeah, there's just too many of them. They Think about it this way, guys. People go to card shops or, or enter breaks, and the, the base cards don't even get... Sh- they're not even shown to, they're not even like held up to the camera. It's just like a quick fanning for the hits. And when you open up a box of cards in your LCS, you're not even taking them with you half the time. So, um, but there could still be a chance for them. Bobby Burrell says, without a Stanley Cup, McDavid will be the best that never was. Yeah, or the best that never won, I would say. The best that never won. Because he certainly was. He just never won. You can already, you can already, my, my MVP and a few other products that are two dollars. Yeah, there are some cheaper products out there. Matt says, I'd like to see them only put game-used pieces in cards and do less of them. Will never happen, Matt. They, they, they wouldn't be able to make enough product. Make inserts more meaningful, which will then make hitting a jersey and our auto more exciting. Yeah, it, we're never, we're never going to go back there, ever. I don't, I mean, listen, things can change, and I should never say never, ever, but I don't see that happening. Jake Dahl says, Marcel Dion was elite, I think, even though he didn't win a championship. He's what the fifth highest scoring player of all time. So yeah, Professor says like an F1 race car, AI algorithms drift, and you need humans to maintain them. Like Jeremy suggests, humans will adapt. Technically, sure, sure. Mark Santucci, any and Guy Lafleur has yeah, Guy Lafleur has Stanley Cups. Kick spot. What kicks am I sporting right now? <laughs> I'm sporting my Austin Matthews. Austin Matthews socks right now, guys. That's what I'm sporting. Uh, I forget what the company's called that makes those all-star socks or something like that. Um, But uh, I wear Nikes almost exclusively because my wife worked for Nike for seven years and has the lifetime discount uh, at the Nike store. Uh, So I wear Nikes quite a bit. Tom Grant says, basketball and hockey, small teams on the field. You have to win, period. Baseball, football, different due to team size. Yeah, I think there's something to that. I think there's something to that. But yeah, I look at Mike Trout. Look at Barry Sanders. Yeah. Daniel with Dubas now with the Pens. Crosby will not win a cup there. Dave Snyder says the question should be, will Crosby finish career in Pittsburgh? Yeah, I was thinking that too. When I was answering the question, Dave, I was thinking like, well, will he finish his career in Pittsburgh? I think he will finish his career in Pittsburgh. I really do. I really do. Oh, and you're back. The bacon was good. I hope I hope everything was good, Dave. I hope everything was good. Uh, Jeremy Fowl Fireball says base cards are underrated. I'm a set collector, and I'm not the only collector who likes base cards. No, 100. percent 100. percent You're not. You're not, Jeremy. Base cards are are still collect. There are people that collect the the base sets of you know upper deck hockey, tops hockey, Panini basketball, whatever. People are built. They people love. Filling in their binders, you know, their nine-page pockets. And I think they always will. That's like the collector gene at its at its like root right there. That's how I started. So people will always be putting sets together. There are still too many of them, and that there's so many sets now that you it used to be that you could master collect your sport. You could master collect your sport right through till the end of the 80s. Now you it's impossible. Bobby makes a smart comment. AI will collect NFTs. Yeah, that's I should I wish I came up with that, Bobby. Totally right. Totally right. Name says, Jeremy regrets selling the PSA 10 Jonathan Chichu card to me. Hello. Hi, Name. I do. No, I, how can I regret that? It's the opposite. I'm, I'm proud that I got to place that into your collection. You are not alone, uh, Scribner, in making base sets. 
We have we have foul fireball in the room who does it too. Cardboard Richard says, I believe the first McDonald's cards were launched in 1991. I believe so too. Is it something that collectors would want to collect? Tempted to explore those given the story. I don't think people are collecting those anymore. I, they were mass produced. So there's that working against them. I don't think they're, I don't think that McDonald's cards from the nineties, uh, like those early years are going to have a resurgence. I just don't think so, but you never know. You never know. You think Skinner will rebound for the Oilers? I don't, but we're, you know, but hey, who knows? Neither of us are in the dressing room, so it's tough to say. Or maybe you are in the dressing room. Richard just noticed my hockey card dispenser. Yep, that machine right there. I picked that up. That was uh that was listed for sale on Kijiji, which anyone who's listening who's not in Canada, that is Kijiji is Canada's version of Craigslist, I guess. Someone had it listed for sale in Edmonton, and I picked it up there which I, it's, it's an original, original paint and everything. Dan, is Fanatics targeting Upper Deck? Upper Deck can't be sold apparently for like uh, several more years. So I'm sure they're on the radar, but I don't think they're targeting them. I think they'd be wasting their time. Uh, Alex says, I know you're a tag guy now, but are you top of any sets on the PSA set registry? Um, I, was, I was the top for the Mount Rushmore of hockey. I was number one there for a short time because I think the guy who had like a PSA 9, uh, Bobby Orr like sold it or something or took it off, but um, I haven't even checked where I rank on the PSA set registry in in over a year. I uh, I stopped updating it completely. I don't even log in anymore. Fowl Fireball says I don't use binders at all. Fair, fair. I can't name my favorite SCL moment. I just I've done four hundred live streams, bro. I can't, I can't rack my brain that well. I'm sorry. I just don't know. And I don't watch, I, I, I don't think I've ever watched an episode back myself. Like I don't have, I'll watch myself when I guest on someone else's show. I will watch that sometimes, not all the time, but I don't think I've ever watched an episode of Sports Cards Live. Dave Snyder says, base cards are the main tool we use for PTSD treatment in our veterans group. I love that. I love that use case. Halloween, I give them away on Halloween. I keep, I keep my base cards in a box and put them into packs of 10 team bags and I give them away on Halloween. Joe Pro says, tell us why you PC Shaquille O'Neal. I love that question. I do have a small Shaquille O'Neal collection. It might be, actually, how many cards in my Shaq collection? It's probably like, um, I think it's under 20. I'm going to check right now, guys. Let me just open up my, my folder. I'm curious for myself. <clears throat> PC by player. My Shaq collection is oh, 20 cards exactly. Um, I PC Shaq because my biggest time of, as a basketball fan was in the mid 80s, the, the Detroit Pistons, the bad boys days. I was a Pistons fan back then when they, would, when they were winning championships and playing against the Portland Trailblazers and the Chicago Bulls and Seattle. And I was a big basketball fan back then. This is pre the Toronto Raptors having a team of the Vancouver Grizzlies, who of course we know don't exist or moved over to, to uh, wherever the Memphis or wherever. Um, but then when Upper Deck came into the hobby and put out baseball, first they put out baseball. Second, the second sport they put out was hockey. The third one was I, I forget what came first, football or basketball. But when basketball came out, and the first year 
They had the Larry Johnson, the Dikembe, the Kembe Matumbo rookies were the two big cards in the first year of, up, of upper deck basketball. And then Shaq came into the league and I was still a basketball fan and Shaq was, was amazing. And he, and his personality, I just, I just, I love Shaq. Like I love him for how we love athletes and personalities. So I think Shaq's awesome. I think he's also undervalued. I believe undervalued in the hobby for what he means meant to the sport means to the sport still. Dave Snyder says it refocuses from away from anxiety being base cards in terms of PTSD. Very cool. Very cool. Mark Santucci. I see McDonald's cards at shows some Mets players. Yeah. Why do those post cutout rookies sell so high? I don't know what those are. I don't know what those are. Yeah. Uh, Scribner makes rent, uh, packs for kids at Halloween. It's fun, especially if you know a certain kid got a really nice card. Yeah. And now I'm like, I'll put a couple jersey cards in, the odd autograph card in, and hope they end up with a kid that really likes them or the kid's father or mother, who knows, likes them actually. Mookie Chilson says, My favorite SCL was the story of 1956 Tops guy getting his 52 mantle. Yeah, that was a, that was a great episode. One, one of my favorites as well, for sure. Scribner says a Mario Lemieux post cutout sold for around $800. Never understood why. Must Was it graded? Low pop. PSA set registry piece. Collector. Name says my favorite SCL moment was when you tried on that upper deck jacket for us. Yeah, that thing right there where the, the sleeves come down to my elbows basically. All right, no more comments. We're coming up on an hour and 50 minutes. So guys, <clears throat> not graded. Interesting. I think we're going to wrap up because as you're probably noticing, um, I've been a little bit under the weather the last few days and my voice is starting to go on me. Good evening, Dylan James. You're jumping in just at the end here. But put in a few more comments, guys. I'll go for 10 more minutes and we're going to wrap up. Here's the question for you guys. I've been thinking about doing an, uh, a live stream, like a daytime live stream. I don't know. This could be a horrible idea, but, but I want to get your opinion. I was going to call it story time and I was going to actually read a book. I was going to actually sit here like, like, like you read your kid a bedtime story. I was going to read a book. What book? Well, when I went to the tag offices at the end of August last year, uh, to, to work out my, my deal with them, I saw this book sitting on Steve Cass, our founder and CEO. I saw this book sitting on his desk. And I picked it up. I said, oh, this looks like, I said, do you mind if I, can I borrow this and read it? He said, yeah, for sure. So I took it with me and I read the book on the plane on the way home. And here's the, here's what the book is. It's called uh, baseball card, the scoreboard book of baseball cards by Michael Gershman, $6.95. It's from 1987. And I read the book and I thought to myself, there is so much of an, uh, this book covers the industry, the table of contents. Let me just read the table of contents to you so you get an idea of what is covered. So there's an introduction. Uh, the first chapter is the collectors. Chapter two is early history, 1886 to 1914. Chapter three, the transition era, 1914 to 1933. Chapter four, the modern era, 1933 to 1945. And then chapter five, the current scene, 1945 to present. Chapter six is called cards as a hobby. Chapter seven, cards as a business. And I read this book. It took me like, you know, I think I read the whole thing on the airplane ride in three hours. And I couldn't believe how much, considering how much has changed in the world and the hobby since 1987, how little has actually changed. 
I thought the hobby would love to to know this book, but not everyone's going to go on go on. It's not a production. It was it was it was published by the Scoreboard, which was owned by like Ken and his father Paul Golden at the time. They're out of business. Um, I asked Rich Klein. I said, "Is is Michael Gershman still alive?" Because I'd want his permission if I were to sit here and read the book. And he said, no, he passed away in like 2001 or something. So I was thinking it would be pretty cool to share the contents of this book with you and just read it aloud. Just sit here and read the book and talk about it as we go. Um, because it's interesting to, to understand just how little has actually changed um, in the hobby since 87. Again, considering how much has. So it's like, you know, it's kind of that high level theme, you know theme and the way people think about it and collecting investing values and production and all this sort of thing so let me know if you guys would find that interesting of course you don't know what the, what the book says yet unless you've read it but it, it was really an interesting book so i thought about doing like a story time episode maybe break it up into two or three episodes and literally just read the book and then talk about it as we go so let me know what you guys think about that either here or somewhere else so we have some comments coming in now uh, before those ones, though, uh, Mark says, were hockey cards ever in food boxes? Yes, they were, Mark. They certainly were. Bobby Burrell, who's in the chat, has written the book on that stuff. Uh, vintage car vintage, vintage hockey collector. Uh, the book's out of print, unfortunately, but uh, Bobby is, is, the, is the expert, uh, the one and only expert on that stuff. Or, or maybe there are other experts, but he's, he's the guy who's documented it all. <clears throat> Name says, the SCL Book Club. Hey, not a bad name. Not a bad name name. I, I, I like that. I like that. Bobby, appreciate the comment. CC. Well, I would, I, everything is, I podcast all these episodes. I download the, like, right after SCL, guys, I download the audio and then I upload it to, to all the podcast platforms. So they are on podcast. You'd be able to, to, to find it there too. Professors, this history is important. Yeah, especially when it opens your eyes to like, a lot of these concepts that people are critical about in the hobby now didn't just come about since the pandemic. They've been around since the eighties. Cardboard Richard says, let's do it. Sounds interesting. Thanks, Richard. We Webo two says, I have been working on collection of hobby books signed by authors. Any key books in your library? Um, <clears throat> I have a stack of books, hobby books. You, you'd know them all though, Bill. You, you'd know all of them. We can chat later about that. Philly Joe says, story time with Jeremy. Good idea, but I might fall asleep after lunch. Well, that's just, it's like a lullaby. I, I'm okay if you fall asleep during it. Like it, it's, but you know what? It, it also, I wouldn't just sit here and read like monotone, read it. I would read it with some inflection and I would also watch the chat as I was reading it. And like after every couple pages or whether it was a break, I would, I would talk about it and then we'd get back into it. Mookie Chilson, the SCL hobby time capsule. I'd be there. Thank you, Mookie. Appreciate that. Mark says, I think it would work on the weekend. Well, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it on the weekend uh, simply because I just have, you know, my kids aren't in school on the weekend. It would more be like a, it would be at a very low viewership time, which is okay. Come back and watch it or listen to it when you can. It would probably be like Monday at four o'clock Eastern sort of thing, you know, right, right in between me having lunch and having to pick up my, my kid from school sort of thing. Mookie says you should bring Rich Klein on as your sidekick. I would definitely watch. Yeah, I don't know if there'd be time for commentary, though. Like that kind of commentary. Well, maybe. Well, I appreciate this suggestion. Really great suggestion. Bobby says, Ryan McClanahan would be a great historian to be on the show. I'm not familiar with Ryan McClanahan, Bobby. Uh, unless I, I've heard it and just heard that name and 
I'm not familiar, but please uh, DM me about Ryan if you don't mind. <clears throat> All right, guys. I'm going to wrap it up. Um, so thank you, everybody, for joining. T tomorrow night, the PWCC hockey coverage, as always. And then Tuesday on my new show with Dennis Zender called Taking Stock. I I'm really enjoying the show, guys. Um, so check it out. We've got three episodes in, in the books already. Check them out. They're all action-packed. Uh, ton of ton of takes, some controversial stuff, I guess you could say. Uh, we're going to be talking about shield bidding on Tuesday. Uh, and some views. And one of my views, which is probably a little bit controversial. I'm not going to tell you what it is yet because it's not that controversial. It's not like you guys are going to think I'm a douchebag or anything. But uh, definitely a, a, a take I have that just is uh, kind of governs how I operate a little bit as a buyer. And you might be interested in hearing about that if uh, you, I'm sure I've said it before on the show, but we'll be talking about shill bidding on uh, taking stock on Tuesday night here on the channel. So Daniel, good night to you. Thank you. Mark, appreciate the, the, the rating, the five-star rating. Thank you so much. Guys, Philly Joe, appreciate that. Thank you. Stuke, thank you for letting us grill you tonight. No problem. I, I feel like this was a... Uh, anything goes episode. So appreciate that, Stuke. And thank you to all you guys in the chat tonight for just being uh, really engaged and all your all your comments and all the questions. And uh, uh, really a pleasure to be here tonight. So uh, with that, guys, I'm going to end this right now. Have a great rest of the night. Hopefully we'll see you tomorrow. We'll see you Tuesday. And with that, this episode is now over. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.